What's up, everybody? Today it is episode 50 of the No Notes podcast with your boys, Maddie B and H Double. Super excited to get into this one. Um, I'm not as excited on some parts of it, uh, just because of what we're talking about. Um, but we'll be talking about the individual awards who got nominated, the finalists, and maybe some of our snubs that we thought. And then after that, we'll be talking about three specific series that really interests us a lot. Probably the two best ones so far, Celtics and Nets, who I currently are playing or about to play tonight. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Grizzlies. And then because both of us are Suns fans, and there's a little bit of controversy now because of last night, we'll be talking about the Pelicans and the Suns. So yeah. with that, Charles, so, do you have any any opening words? I watched almost all the highlights of the series that we're going over because I still haven't watched any games yet. Live games, very busy. And I mean, like it's, I mean, my weeks are packed and I will admit that watching the highlights has made me want to watch, get some, some games in because the crowd atmospheres and like the Celtics Nets one, especially, oh, that series is going to be popcorn, you know, like that crowd game one in Boston looked crazy, bro. And I really want to get more of those games, and I got to make sure. I'm, of course, I want to watch the Suns and the Bucks, my teams, and yeah. So I need to watch more. That's all. That's all I got to say. But I do have some analysis because I was able to at least get some highlights in. So Matt will be better at this than me, which is why he is the lead for this episode. <laughs> so yeah, whenever you're, I, I'm good. Got my opening words in. Perfect. So let's yeah, go with more. our finalists um i have it pulled we'll up go, if you if you want me to go through those yeah okay um, we'll talk about we'll talk about the coach of the year first yeah right three yeah that's finalists. actually what's what's up uh first year yeah. so, so i actually have, have also yeah real, sorry real quick okay. uh, before you go into that uh i also have from si.com their like media voting results on who they think each award should be so we can look at their um who they voted for as well. And so, yeah, but coach of the year. So you have Monty Williams mm-hmm. of the Suns, Eric Spolstra of the Heat, and Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies. Without further ado, obviously my pick is Monty Williams. I mean, coach of the year. He won it last year by his, by his peers, not by the media. Right. This year got nominated again. But and he got he wanted again from Pierre, so I think he deserve it. It's been the best. Yeah, they've been the best team the past two years. I, mean, I don't think anyone right. could deny that. Um, and I think they should get some accolade. But and I think the Heat are good. I think I think Eric Spoelstra got nominated because they're the one seed. Honestly, to me, it's between either Jenkins or Williams, just because those are oh, the two yeah. best records. Definitely, and I think two best teams. So those are my one and two as well. Yeah. I totally agree. Monty Williams should be coach of the year. I think Taylor Jenkins is a great second place. And I think, honestly, I don't think it should be Spolster. I should think, I think it should be Udoka, the Celtics coach, because of that turnaround they had and how good they're playing. I think he's got to be up there. I think he should be ahead of Spolstra, but not ahead of Jenkins. So I think he should have replaced him. Uh, Matt's got the munchies. The the Matt munchies. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So, the SI award picked Monty Williams to win pretty, you know, out of the, there's, let's see, 
20 first place votes that they had, 13 of them went to Monty Williams. So pretty, you know, sizable amount of them thought Monty Williams should win it. And then I do too, and you do too. So yeah, yeah. that was pretty easy. That one was easy, in my opinion. What do you the want? Next Def- one is defensive player. Yeah, well, the defensive player because already know who won, but the finalists were Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert, Mikhail Bridges, mm-hmm. and Marcus Smart won. He did. Um, I mean, I'm okay with him winning. I I don't think Rudy should have won it. I think he's just in there because Rudy Gobert. Right. Um. To me, I would have picked Bridges just because. Well, I am a Sun fan, but I think guard one through five, whereas Marcus Smart kind of guards one through four. Yeah. Um, and Bridges had a better statistically defensive season against All-Stars. Well, that caliber compared to Marcus Smart, um, mm-hmm. percentage-wise, like for their um, shooting percentage. But, I mean, it's kind of nice that a guard one. So pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I definitely think Mikhail Bridges, I think, should have should have won that. But uh, You know, I – this one I don't know as much. I didn't watch as much NBA. I don't, didn't really see the defense. Uh, I do. I mean, like you said, I don't think there's any problem with Marcus Smart winning. He's the first guard since Gary Payton because guards just normally don't win this award. So that's really yeah. impressive. That's a really big honor for him to win this, especially being a point guard. That's really what oh, yeah. he plays now. You know, he was kind of a two guard in the past couple of years, but he's a point guard. So that's really cool to see. And yeah, Mikhail obviously on the best. You can, you know, it looks like besides Coach of the Year, which is kind of an obvious, no one's going to win an award on the Suns, it looks like, which you're obviously not happy about. This would be the best probably chance for that, I would say, was the Stevens <laughs> Player of the Year. And I think a lot of people thought Mikhail should have won. And that's actually why, which I, you know, to Mikhail, which I appreciate him doing, he, you know, he you probably saw this on Twitter. He congratulated Marcus Smart and was like, you know, he deserves this. Like, you know, obviously I, I, he didn't say it, but he probably was a little like, man, it sucks. Wasn't me, but he was all like, you know, honestly, he totally deserves it. I'm totally cool with it. Thank you for all the support. And he probably said that because a lot of people were rooting for him to win it. So he wanted to be like, Hey guys, it's okay that I didn't win, you know, like Marcus Smart definitely deserves it. So I thought that was a really cool act by, by Mikhail. I really like Mikhail Bridges. Loved Thank him at Villanova. I a great pick by the Suns. I was happy when they picked him. So me too. So that shows class that, you know, he tweeted that, that out. Did we pick him the 2018, right? Yeah, with the 10th pick. Okay. Because I you, remember watching him play yeah. 2017 when they played North Carolina. That was 2016. 2016, 2016. But he was, a, he was like this long uh, freshman. I was like, man, this kid's really good. And then they yeah. went on and it was in 2018, his junior year, when they won the championship and he declared. so, And they destroyed Michigan in the championship. So yeah, and yeah. The traded the Sixers for him for freaking Zaire Wade or whatever. I think it was also yeah something like that. Yeah. I don't know the exact trade, but I was happy with that pick. I was I was happy. Same. But so. anyways, moving on from that one, I think the next is six man. Is that correct? Yeah, we can do six okay. man. Let's do it. Six man. You have Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. Cameron Johnson, mm-hmm. and. I forget the other one. Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love, yeah. Which I had I no, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that. I'm to looking me, up his stats a, now. To me, it's a two-man race between Tyler Hero and 
Cam Johnson, and really it's a one. It's a one-man race. race. Like, yeah, Tyler Neal is going to win it. I think we we kind of know that. So, Kevin Love had thirteen-seven. Okay, that's actually pretty good off the bench. I can see why he was maybe a top top three guy. Then I don't really have any arguments with that. Yeah, Tyler Hero is going to win it in the landslide. This will probably be the biggest landslide award, I think. Um, which I I predicted he would win. Um, so like I, I said, we talked about in our uh, recap of our awards and our predictions. That was like my one big W I got. No complaints there. He had a great season. I just chose the wrong son. Yeah, yeah, I know. I well, I thought it was going to be honestly campaign. If anyone, I didn't even say Cam Johnson, but you picked Landry Shaman, who's even below both of them. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. At least, know, at least Landry Shaman and Cam Johnson kind of play the same position, so that's at least good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I mean, honestly, they already probably everyone knew it was already Tyler Hero. They just had to be like, all right, here's two more guys who are in the top three. But it's like we already know yeah. who's going to win it. Like, yeah. you know. They could have just honestly been like Tyler Hero six man. They didn't even have to do finalists. Like, let's just be honest. So yeah, yeah, that one that one's All easy. Right. That's a, that's a quick one, easy. And SI hey, awarded. Oh, which I forgot to say, SI did award Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year in their prediction as well as Tyler Hero. But continue, rookies. Okay, rookies. We have Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. And Scotty Barnes. Indeed. This one is a I this one is a tough one. I think Scotty Barnes is gonna win it though. That's what I predicted too. We talked about this, remember? Yeah. I just think the I don't know, just had the biggest it's you know, Evan Mobley was really good though. So like it's tough, you know. But I don't know, I just liked Scotty Scotty Barnes's impact the most on a team, especially and it was the best team out of all of the rookie of the year finalists, you know, I just thought he had the biggest impact impact. So I, I, I do think Evan Mobley might win. That's actually who SI predicts is going to win or who they think should win the award. So we will see. It'll be interesting. Definitely, definitely the second guy though, in my opinion, you know, Cade was great. I just can't, a guy who only won a team that won 19 games. is just not enough for me, even though Cade yeah. might be the best out of everyone, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That, that'll be a good. That'll be a close one. I think that one's kind of a toss up. Yeah, and then I think we only have what, one more award left, right? We have. Oh, we have uh, most improved. Oh, yeah, this was the big and one. And then we have another MVP. one. That's it. Yeah, uh, let's do MVP first. MVP. Um, we have Giannis, Jokic, and Bede. Yep. I think Devin Booker should have been at least in there as a finalist. Um. Granted, all those guys are good. This is one of the toughest MVP races but, in a long time. But man, who's gonna win it? I have no idea. I think it's, it's yeah, I, I think it's of, gotta be Jokic. And so. it's still based off of just regular yeah. season, correct? Yes. Yeah, so it has to be Jokic. I think I think it, I think it does. Yeah. Because that team is just they're decimated and he's helped them win, you know. As I predicts Jokic will win too, but yeah, it's gotta be Jokic, in my opinion. Yeah. Has to. <laughs> if you are, who are you going to take out if you want to put Booker in? Giannis? I'd probably put, yeah, I'd probably take Giannis out. Giannis, okay. That's respectable. Yeah. So. All right. Most improved. I get this. If I'm remembering right, we have 
jaw. Morant. Yes. Uh, I forget the other two. You forgot? Well, I know there's one that we'll get to in a second that you, we both think should be on there who's not, yeah. who you would definitely yeah. be able to name. We will yeah. name that person in just a second. But it's Darius Garland and DeJounte oh, yes. Murray. DeJounte Murray, yes. I forgot. Yes. All right. The guy who should be on there. You want to go? Jordan Poole. Oh, yeah. Jordan Poole. I don't know how he's not – like, to me, it's kind of dumb to have Jaw in there. I mean, Jaw's improved, but, like, think about where Jordan Poole was last year. People didn't really know about him until this year, whereas last year people knew about Jaw. And, yes, he's improved. But I think Jordan Poole has, has improved, like, exponentially more than Jaw. I think compared to what we thought of pool compared to jaw, because we kind of could see it with, it was, a, you know, it's a good point. Like we already could kind of see the jaw having a season like this, this potential, you know, we didn't see like this kind of season with Jordan pool, which is why, like, I remember when Luca was in running for most improved, it's like, he shouldn't be on there. Cause it's like, and I agree. Cause it's like, we already kind of knew what he could be. We didn't know who, I think it was Devontae Graham who won it that year. We didn't know who he was really like this came out of nowhere. And that's why, in my opinion, the criteria that should be for most improved. I understand if you improve as a player, but if you already had the expectations and, you know, you were like one of the top, top picks and like we already could see this from you and you make this jump, I, I don't think you should be considered for the award. You know, that's just me personally. I wouldn't say that just because like, I think everyone deserves a fair shot. But when you look at the numbers from like year one to year two, right? So, so last year's numbers of draw to this year's number are good. But Poole's numbers from last year to this year are better. Like, his just numbers are just better all the way around. And you take percentage-wise, you know? It's actually closer than you – it's actually not as – that kind of destroys your argument against Jordan Poole. Because if you want to at least compare Jaw to Jordan Poole, Jaw went up eight points from last year. Jordan Poole went up six and a half. But how many minutes, though, per game? Um, Jaw played 33 – you mean like last year to this year? Yeah. It was like a 10-minute jump for Jordan Poole and a one-minute jump for Ja Morant, basically, like less than one. Um, ja went up – or his rebounds went up by two. His assists actually went down a little bit, but his steals went up, his blocks went up. His shooting percentages both went up by about 5%. Jordan Poole stayed about the same. Um, his rebounds and assists went up by about two each. So that's kind of like – if I just but had like – yeah. How many minutes did Jordan Poole play compared to Jaw? Uh, this year? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Poole played 30 and Jaw played 33. Okay. So, I mean, if you take that average, right? I yeah. Mean, it's, the, kind of, it's kind of similar. So, the only thing, so yeah, if, if you like, like – if you took away their names as player A and player B and I gave you their improvement of stats, you'd be like, oh, they're pretty much the same, you know? So, that kind exactly. of destroys your argument of Jordan Poole. But no, but I think that no, but I think that I think yeah. that makes the big. I think that actually helps my argument because if you think about it, say, oh, they're about the same. One is Jaw, one is Jordan Poole. It's like, yeah. okay, we've already expected Jaw to be this and this good. Okay, so that's we my point. That's that. my point. Then you just said you disagreed with my point like two minutes ago. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I no, I'm not saying. I just think that should be part of the criteria. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I guess. Think, I think name alone shouldn't be, but like. When you do factor in, you know, those expectations, right, or whatever, be like, okay, think about it. 
so this person did this last year mm-hmm. you know this person was doing this last year on 20 minutes they made this jump into the starting five this one was already starting five and you look at it it's like right. it's like man the guy who jumped into the starting five is having like a really good year at this yeah. other person who was already in the starting five was we planned for him to have does that make sense we already planned yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that my week. argument. I guess I'm being too harsh in saying it should be part of the criteria. But that's – that. I mean, you just explained my my argument. I mean, that's what I said, basically. You know, we kind of already knew this was there for Jaw. Um, and DeJounte Murray is honestly uh, – I like him He's being a dark finalist. Horse. I, think, I, I like him being a finalist because he really did make a jump. Yes, he was already a starter, but his assists went up by, like, four. His rebounds went up by over a rebound. He's uh, six more points Steals. a game. Steals one up. Like, I like that. I like that pick. I do, too. Well, and I also think Darius Garland was good, too. I think it should yeah. have been probably Garland, take out Job, put in Jordan Poole, and uh, yeah. have I mean, Murray. I think if I mean, you did based that, on, yeah, I'd be based, happy. Based on my reasoning, or what, what I think, because personally, I, I still think it should be at least somewhat considered in criteria. That's just me. And you think that's too harsh, and yeah, Jaw would be out of there, and it'd be uh, pool replacing him now yeah. who would win it you know i don't know like when i looked at it more i i originally said pool but he's been really hot lately it's not the whole season the more i look mm-hmm. at it the more i'm like i don't know it's so close like because Darius garden was like the fifth overall pick so there was at least you know we knew there was some potential and Dejounte murray also had kind of been you could kind of see it and then he kind of hit it this year so it's yeah, really Darius close Garland to played in the toc he did, yeah, and I was there, and you weren't. But anyways, <laughs> um, his dad was a Missouri State legend uh, called SMS back in the day. But, yeah, yes. so um, I don't know, man. I kind of want to give it to DeJounte just because he really took a big jump. Like, you know. Here's the thing. I would agree with you. That's DeJounte Murray oh, because mm. at the trade deadline, people were talking about him being traded. And like, yeah. hey, if you want to get a good piece, like a young piece, go get him. So to me, I don't know. I it's feel like the only reason why he isn't is because the Spurs weren't that great. If they were a playoff team, he probably would have a really good but, chance of winning. But here's the thing: they made the plan plan tournament, and if he's not on there, do you think they are even no. close to that? No. Right? I mean, granted, you can say. What about Jaw? If they're not there, but that that hurts Jaw because they were yeah. twenty and five without Jaw, right? And with Berlin, right. whenever Garland missed time, the Cavs also suffered. Say, I mean, granted, Evan Mobley and Jared yeah. Allen without two. It's, it's so to, to me, I feel like it's to me, I feel like it's definitely. Um, I I would say Dejounte Murray. I would think. So that, you're rolling with me on that. Opinion. I mean, I don't know. Like, I love Jordan Poole, but I think I just I – mean, he's not even a finalist technically, so he can't win it. But even though we think he should be, I don't think he would just because, I mean, he's really gotten hot over the last month. So we kind of may have been a little starstruck by that when you when you got to look at the whole body of season compared to DeJounte Murray and Darius Garland. So. Yeah. But I love Jordan Poole. That guy is – he's been great in the playoffs these first two games, that's for sure. We're not talking about that series, but, man, he's been killer. Uh, SI has Darius Garland winning this award, by the way. So I, I like him too. Like, Josh, like, yeah, I really like Darius. Like, I think either Dante Murray or Garland should win. I think that's, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I guess probably Garland. I really liked what he did in the playoffs, like, not playoffs in the all star challenge thing. Like, mm-hmm. he carried that Cavs team, you know, which is kind of fun. 
Yeah. Um, so honestly, I'd probably say Garland. If it was me, I'd go Garland. Also, I'm not a big Spurs guy, so I'd probably go Darius Garland. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go Dejounte Murray. I just think he made the best improvement at anyone. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I think it's close down. between those two. Yeah, because we like with we knew it was kind of there with Dejounte, but we didn't know for sure. It wasn't like Jaw. We kind of knew it was there. Yeah, but with Dejounte. And I mean, granted, even though stalled. Garland, yeah, even though Garland was the fifth pick. It wasn't mm-hmm. like anyone was talking about him, like, oh, man, he's the key. Yeah, it was like Colin Sexton, right, you know? Right. And then when he goes down, then boom, all of a sudden Garland. Now everyone's like, maybe the Cavs can trade Sexton for something good mm-hmm. and just keep Garland. So it, it's kind of interesting to, to hear that. So. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think he's definitely going to get shopped to some degree. So. Oh, Sexton, you think? Yeah. But, yeah, that's just me. Anyways. All of them are deserving, though. So, yeah, it's a that's a tough, so that's, that's tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's all the uh, y'all understood that and liked that little segment. But now we're going to talk about some playoff series. I'm going to say the Suds ones for last because yeah. I think we'll talk the most about that one. Let's go with Memphis versus the T Wolves. Yeah. We'll go with that first, just because we should probably switch it up, go from west to east to west. So, mm-hmm. for me, I wasn't surprised that Timberwolves um, came out in one game one. I think, you know, the first playoff game for Jaw and them, you know, being a two-seed expected to win, I think that puts a little bit of pressure. Um, and, I mean, the Timberwolves had already played a game before in the play-in, so you kind of already get those playoff juices going. Um, for the Memphis, it seemed like they needed a game to do it because then in game two, they just completely destroyed Minnesota. And it looked like Minnesota didn't really want to be there. At the same time, now Minnesota has the advantage, you know, the home court advantage. Um, so I think they're kind of happy with that. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll take home court advantage. Like, we don't really care. Um, to me, I think Anthony Edwards and Anthony Towns. Actually, no. I think Anthony Edwards and Russell, D'Angelo Russell, are key to them if they want to beat the uh, Grizzlies. For me, the key for the Grizzlies are the others. What's Desmond Bank going to give you? What's Jaron Jackson going to give you? And what Dylan Brooks is going to give you? Because we know Jaws is going to give you about anywhere between 25 and 30 points. Probably like seven assists, whatever, right? But what are the other guys going to get you? So to me, those are my keys so far for the rest of the series. I believe the Timberwolves play tomorrow, I think. Um, um, I don't know. Three. Yeah, they do. They play tomorrow. Yeah, they play tomorrow for game three. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my takeaways from the series so far. So I, I didn't have time to watch game one, but I did watch game two. And yes, the Grizzlies... Yeah manhandled them you know the team scored 130 in game one game two they score 96 so big difference there grizzly stepped it up the turmoils are you know if i think you know ant-man as they call him anthony edwards has really gained a lot of steam and you know people are starting to like him a lot and then you know Carl Anthony Towns has kind of taken that corner and you know people kind of forgot about him as as well and you know and i feel like no one even remembers oh yeah before the first game d'angelo russell's on this team too 
you know, you kind of forget that and Pat Bev. So mm-hmm. the T-Wolves have a, a good team, definitely. And I wasn't surprised they won game one either because I knew coming in that they were going to be competitive and the Grizzlies are young, you know, first playoff game, maybe some nerves, all that stuff. And like you said, just get a game under the belt to relax and, and get it, you know, kind of play, play loose. And they definitely did that game too. I watched game two and they were just the better team flat out. I know highlights only show like the buckets and, and stuff doesn't show the whole game or anything like that, but they were just way more loose. You could tell. And, you know, they were hitting like Desmond Bain was, was hitting his jumpers and jaw was getting to the rim and it was bench comes in and which is the thing about Memphis that just amazes me how, so in game two, at least they played uh, with meaningful minutes. They played one, two, three, four, six guys off the bench, which is 11 total. Now, granted, Steven Adams only played three minutes. I'll get to that in a second. So it was really like 10 man rotation, but the fact that they can play 10 guys in the playoffs is ridiculous you know like they're extremely stacked they're definitely a better team than the Timberwolves but the Timberwolves have better like star power or like you know their top guys are better than the Grizzlies which is a you know reason for concern if you're a Grizzlies fan but I still think the depth will be able to overmatch the Timberwolves and I think one of the biggest differences in what the Grizzlies are able to find is that Steven Adams is not a good matchup at all against Carl Anthony Towns. He only played three minutes, first three minutes of the game, didn't come back in because, you know, you know, Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have to worry about him on defense, really, with uh, Steven Adams in the game because he's not very mobile, not an offensive threat. Carl Anthony Towns has gotten enough of an offensive game to go at Steven Adams, who's a good defender. And so, really, they got in, you know, like Jaron Jackson, Triple J, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman. They kind of had a mix of those guys, more athletic, more mobile guys that it was harder for Cat to stay in front of. And, and it opened up more for Memphis, I noticed. And they were able to do a good – they were sending a double down at that Cat, and that was kind of throwing him off too. So that was a huge key as well, I thought, because I thought he owned Stephen Adams in game one, and he didn't do anything. It was a huge liability. So he's really probably not going to play much of all at all this series, you know, for the rest of it. Because, like, Xavier Tillman didn't play game one. He played, like, 19 minutes game two, you know, this past game, and he had – 13 points and seven rebounds. And so he's going to get those, those t- uh, minutes now, I think, because he's just more mobile than Steven Adams. And it's going to be harder for the, uh, the Timberwolves to defend. So I'm still confident in the Grizzlies. They had to win yesterday. They did. And they got it done handedly. It was, a, you know, by second end of this first half, second half was a blowout. So it gets them back in the series. I think they'll win in like six, probably maybe seven. We'll see. I think Tim will still at least get another game, definitely. But yeah. Oh yeah. Those are my thoughts. I like it. I like it. I, I totally forgot to mention that Steven Adams like stopped playing. Like he got benched, you know. He got benched. Um kind of like some people in our clan. Anyways. Oh. Anyways. Um, anyways, let's go to kind of the two more, I think, more talkable series right now. Um, I know Celtics and Nets are going is going on right now, correct? No, it's in 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are there only two games on tonight? No, there's three. What's the other one going on? Um, the uh, what's it called? Sixers, I think. We're on. Oh, so it's all Eastern Conference tonight? Yep. Sixers, Raptors. Yeah. yeah. So it's a straight <laughs> Eastern Conference? Yeah. <laughs> So the only watchable game tonight is Nets and Celtics. Um, 
So talk about that one. I, I want to also hear your opinion on, on the Kyrie thing, as well as um, game winner on by Jason Tatum. I'm gonna let you go first on this one. You want to let me have go some first? Thoughts, but I want to, but okay. I want to hear you. I want to hear you because you watched the highlights. I watched. Like, I did the game, and yeah. So you watched the whole game. I wish I did. Yeah, this is gonna be a battle, like we like we called it. Um, great first game. I mean, it was kind of what I don't know if you heard that, but that was my roommate who just sneezed. Anyways, really loud. Anyways, it was what I expected, and. The Celtics, I think the Celtics rattled the Nets in a in a defense, you know, away with their defense. Like Kevin Durant, why didn't he shoot twenty four times? Only had twenty three points, six turnovers. Yeah, I believe he was. Ni- I believe he was nine for twenty four. I think something. Like yeah, that. you know, they took him out completely, and the only reason they were able to stay in the game was because Kyrie went nuclear. Nuclear, which I'll explain in a second about all of Kyrie. I don't know. I I really like this. You know, like I've been liking the Celtics team. They play good team ba- basketball and offense and defense. And, and Jason Tame can get you a bucket though when need be, like a Kevin Durant. And it was it was physical. It was tough, and and they really were playing physical against Kevin Durant, and that's what you got to do. It seems because... it seems like a series that you'd be a part of in life because you like being physical. So it seems like you oh, yeah. you like that kind of series. I would I would literally be the Payne Pritchard role, the backup point guard, give you fifteen good minutes. So I'd be like real physical, maybe pick up like two or three fouls, you know. But I would like get you know wear out Kyrie Irving. I, I would I would take that challenge. Now, obviously, I'd have to be more athletic to stay in front of them. But, you know, this is hypothetical. Anyways, so I love the physicality of it. It's going to be real physical. Great, you know, obviously great first game. But if you're the Celtics and they know this, you got to really be physical with those two guys. And because that's really – the Nets are going to – those two guys, like Kyrie and Katie, are going to have to play heavy, heavy minutes and take so much load for them to have a chance to win because after them, it really diminishes compared to the Celtics, who definitely don't have the star power – kind of like the Grizzlies T-Wolves, but way more depth, you know? So the Celtics and their Celtics are a team that the, you know, obviously the Nets probably did not want to face uh, because they're really physical too. So they're going to definitely wear them down. So it'll, I'm still, that's why I have Celtics in, in seven still, because I don't think the Nets have enough to push through. And honestly, that kind of choked the game this first game, you know, they missed some clutch shots when they had a, like a five point lead with like three minutes left and they missed some threes, like, I think Dragic missed one. Uh, Goran Dragic, son's legend. Playing under Steve Nash, that's pretty cool. Um, he did that legitly in Phoenix like 10 years ago. Anyways, uh, Kevin Durant missed a three, you know. And obviously the Celtics are able to get back in the game. And I like, you know, on the final play at least, if you're Kyrie Irving. Or Ke- First off, Kevin Durant was kind of starstruck watching. Now, of course, you know, you don't, it's a lot going on. You think time's about up. But he was literally just standing there. And then Kyrie... And that play, you know, it was probably too fast for him. But, like, in that moment, you definitely have to foul him. Like, just straight up bear hug him because you can't let him get a lay- A game-winning layup like that on a cut, you know, like that is it's really unacceptable, yeah. honestly. At least foul the guy and make him shoot the free throws. Um, so, good play by Marcus Smart. It looked like he was probably going to shoot, and it was probably going to be like an air ball three if he did. Bad three. But he saw Tatum cutting, and Tatum in a really nice spin. Kyrie just kind of – it's like, oh, and Tatum laid it in with, like, probably 0.5 left on the clock, but it obviously it went in as the buzzer sounded. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Nets go definitely one game one, so that's encouraging for them. But I just think they're going to get really worn down. But you got to be encouraged if Kevin Durant still didn't play that well and you almost won. 
But of course, Kyrie Irving went absolutely nuclear, which is my next point. He asked me about the Kyrie stuff. I like, I love it, man. I mean, I'm not a, a Celtics or Nets fan. I'm a, I'm a, just an NBA bystander fan and I love it. Like, I, I mean, obviously I'm not condemning flipping off the fans. Um, if you're a player, you, you do have to be better than that. I know it's hard if you're getting yelled at and all, and you know, the, um, he got, he said in the press conference, what was getting said at him, obviously we can't say on the podcast, a lot of bleeps and, you know, he gave the, the, the finger multiple times, but I love it. He's a villain there and it's going to be, it fueled him. It made him play good too. So that's like another part of it. Like he played really well off of that negative energy he was getting, but I, I'm just a guy who loves that kind of like energy. I, I like fights personally. I like when guys get into it, you know, and I mean, obviously this wasn't between players. It was between him and fans, but the crowd was real, you know, it wasn't like insanely hostile or anything, but I, I, I don't know. I love it personally. I I'm feeding off of that. Um, I want to see if Kyrie can keep it up. If this keeps, you know, feeling his fire. I don't really have a problem with it. He's standing up for, you know, he's not going to put up with what is being thrown against him. And that's something that Kyrie is really strongly, you know, good at, I would say on his stances. And he's not going to let, you know, the fans just get away with it in his eyes. And even if he gets fines, he's just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to give him the same, what they're giving me, I'm going to give it back to them, you know? So I'm all for it. You know, I like the energy. It's really, it's really fun to watch. Those are my thoughts. There you go. I'm waiting on so you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I think Celtics still do win in seven. Um, just because I think they have a more complete team. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets take game two tonight. Not going to lie. Um, Same. Not at all. I love. Like and and Charles knows about me. I love talking to people, and that's something that I know Charles says gets under his skin whenever I do that to him. Um, it can't get under my skin. I will admit. Um, you're you're like Philip Rivers though, because you don't curse. Anyways, continue on. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I think I also do feed on the crowd too. Like someone's telling me I suck I'm like okay fine I'll just shoot another three in your eye like that's fine with me you know like like it was like that one time so Charles and I played in the rec center league and we lost on a last second three because the refs didn't call stuff and that was the game we got a T as well that same game um and this team was talking smack like whatever so then we played them I think the next day right correct yeah we did yeah, I put in the next day, and we destroyed them. And I think I dropped like thirty on them or something like that. That was your best game. It was. I was injured yeah, actually. And, I, yeah, I, I sat it, out. Yeah. And it was because like I just wanted to just show them like you guys actually do suck. Like we should have beat you, whatever. And I love that Kyrie's like like the hero villain over there. Like it's kind of fun, and I like and I do agree with Kyrie. I don't think that people should just get a free pass to say whatever even if it's like you know bad words and stuff like you should be a fan and even charles barkley said 95 percent of fans are good but those five percent he would meet in the back of the woodshed and beat him up if he could so kind of funny what charles said um but i think as long as Kyrie keeps playing like he does and just going nuclear i mean 
there's no reason why they can't win, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I think the key to this series is definitely going to be how they guard Kevin Durant. Because I think Kyrie is going to get his. Like, he's just so good. If they contain KD, like, I'd be fine if Kyrie beats me. But if you have KD, KD can go off for 50 or 60. I mean, Kyrie can too. I just, for me, I just fear more KD than Kyrie, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I think you got to contain him. Also, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart have to play well together. And I think... I think they said at the end of this series they're supposed to get Time Lord back. I think by games like Time five, Lord. six, or seven. I that think is, for so, everyone who doesn't know, that's Robert Williams, but everyone calls yeah. him Time Lord. So, yeah. So, those are my opinions. I still think Celtics win in seven, but I think it's going to be a very, very tight series. And I think probably the series of the first round. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I got no more comments. Moving on to the next, the last series. Yes. So, the last series we have is the Suns and Pelicans. And unfortunately, the Suns dropped a game last night. Made it 1-1. I was not expecting that at all. That's all I'll say. That's really not the problem. The problem is Devin Booker. He has some right right hamstring something we don't know yeah but an update from from gold watch so adrian wojanowski yeah he says the right hamstring strain is believed to be mild and devin booker isn't being ruled out of this opening round series versus new orleans there's still an evaluation going on yeah of the mri for devin booker it appears unlikely he'll be able to play in games three and four in new orleans mm. so with that being said, last night, I kind of was surprised that the Suns lost, not going to lie. It looked like at halftime they are going to run away, and then the, the New Orleans made a little bit of a run at the very end, which kind of sucked. But even the third quarter, we were doing fine. And then all of a sudden, Brandon Ingram got hot, CJ McCollum got hot, and all the shots the Pelicans made, like we're shooting, just were, went in. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to beat any team if they shoot 57% from three and 55% from the floor. It's kind of hard to beat. Um, But, honestly, I think this might be a blessing, though, for the Suns. I think it's a good wake-up call for them. I think they were expecting New Orleans to be kind of tired after winning two games, getting kind of taken to the woodshed in the first game. But they came out and played really well. I think that's probably going to be the best game that Pelicans will play in this series. I don't think they win again. I still think the Suns win in five. Because um, I think Chris Paul and them are going to lock in and be like, hey, we're doing this for, for D-Book. We're locking in. Know your roles. Let's go. Because, I mean, the Pelicans were 36 and 46. The Suns had 64 wins. Like, they know how to win. They know how to do it. Sometimes you just have an off night, and it looked like once Devin Booker kind of went out, they couldn't really get back anything. The good thing is Landry Shaman is coming back, which is good. But to me, the guy I think that steps up and takes his role is Cam Johnson. It has to be. When Chris Paul and Devin Booker were out, Cam Johnson scored 38 and beat the Knicks. So to me, if anyone gets it going, I think it's going to be Cam Johnson. 
Um, and so, you know, it's just that next man up mentality. But, yeah, kind of sucks that he has the right hamstring thing because those are a little hard. Same thing with Dallas, how Luca has the calf strain. Kind of hard to judge, like, who's going to do what, right? But overall, I do think that um, – I think this sound will be fine, so. I've kind of, like – and I'm very indecisive about this because this half of me that says is with you and it's like I'm confident the Suns, they won 64 games. They're going to win in five. But mm. then there's this other half that is just like – The Pelicans, I think, are – I know their, their record is 36 and 46, but I think they're better than that as of right now. And I I really like Willie Green as a coach. Yes, they were hitting a lot of shots, which helped them. But, like, game – and the reason why I say this is if, if – you know, if game two happened but game one was kind of blood, I'd be like, yeah, Suns in five. But you got to – the Suns did run away kind of in the first – into the first and the third quarter. But you got to admit the Pelicans battled back and got it down to, like, six or five or seven, something around there. They yeah. battled back. And it went Chris Paul yeah. going nuclear, which he's been able to do lately. We saw that last year against the Clippers, and he might or probably is going to have to again besides Cam Johnson in these games in New Orleans. He went nuclear and, and closed them out. But, like, and that's, you know, obviously pretty hard to do. But, you know, the Pelicans did battle back. So I think they're better than I definitely originally thought going in because I thought for sure the Suns would win in four. And, you know, game one, they were able to battle back after falling behind 20-something, you know, get it down to, like, six before Chris Paul did Chris Paul stuff. Yeah, I mean, D-Book went nuclear in the first half, which gave the Suns that huge lead. If he doesn't – if he's not hot, it's probably a lot closer to game, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't a huge lead, but they got by like 8, 10, something like that. You Six. Know? Um, something around oh, – I thought it was five. Eight, but... it was It was 8. It was 58-50. Then they made a little run, 56-58, and then Book hit a 3 to make it 61-56. Okay. okay, but, you know, Book being that hot really – kept the Suns afloat. And if he wasn't, I don't know what would have happened. So that's where I'm kind of mm -hmm. like the other half of me is like, maybe this is a little bit bigger than I thought. And it, but you know, I think at the end of the day, I like the Pelicans. Like I said, I really like Lily Green as a coach. I think he's going to be really good. I just think the Suns are too good. And I'm not worried that they're going to lose the series. I'm just worried it might go to like six or seven uh, potentially because Debo being out is a big part. They're going to have to adjust. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we'll, we, will, we will see. I, I know they can do it, though. They're able to win without him. But with the Pelicans mm -hmm. have been playing pretty well. So that's, like I said, yeah, I, they've impressed me this whole I, playoffs. Oh, but I'm, confi I, I I'm confident the Suns will probably win in five as well, though. I, I really do think that they will win in five and they will be okay. And Well, I mean, and you yeah. look at it, too. Uh, you know, Chris Paul did get injured. Was it game one or game two? Of last year's first round game one game two and it kind of hindered him throughout the playoffs we it's it kind of did right he was great but, against the clippers and then in the bucks last four games he was like yeah disappeared so, you don't know if it was shoulder but yeah yeah so so to me i think it's the same thing because the sun's lost two games in a row i don't think this is gonna lose two games in a row but they've been down to one they know how it feels mm -hmm. like you know they were the two seed playing the seven seed like they were supposed – and people picking the Lakers over them, you know. Here's the thing. Do I think Brandon Ingram's going to score 37 and be like – I think he was like 60% from the field. No, I don't. Yeah. Do I think the Pelicans are going to go 17 for 30? No, I don't. That is – yeah, do that's think, true. Do I think the Suns are going to play – I mean, 
they looked really discombobulated in the third and fourth quarter. Like, they just look like, what? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think this is, like, to me, I don't feel it as a panic button. I see it as no. they got punched in the mouth, and yeah. they realized, oh, shoot, if we don't play how we're supposed to, we can get right. beat. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a wake-up call. I don't necessarily think I, – I mean, I don't really think it's a wake-up call because I know – I don't think that's how the Suns are. I just think they've just lost this game because it really took them out of the rhythm. The Pelicans got hot and and all. So, I don't necessarily think it's like a wake-up call. Of course, I know this, the Suns, I think, just every game, no matter who it is, they're going to try and, and win. But, yeah, I think they'll have time to prepare. And I know all the pressure is going to be on them now. A lot of pressure is obviously – like, oh, Devin Booker's probably going to be out. Now you got to go to New Orleans, and they got a game on you. They're young. They're up and coming, you know. But the one team – one of the teams I would trust is the Suns to be able to go, you know, still win games. And I do well, think here's that the they thing. will win in five. And Chris Paul has won games without Devin Booker, like in OKC. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Paul's supporting cast on this team is better than the OKC one, you know. Yeah. And, and they took the Rockets to seven. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I do think they win in five. And I mean, honestly, it's a blessing in disguise because you'd rather have Dunbucker get injured now than get injured against the Grizzlies. Because if he or, or someone like that, if it's like against the Grizzlies exactly. and he's out game three and four and you got to go to Memphis tied one one, I'd feel a lot worse for sure. Just like I think having Chris Paul that injury beforehand, I think helps out a lot because they're able to keep rhythm. Exactly. And get, so, get and, him back for rhythm for the playoffs, which yeah. – Exactly. So, um, I'm not too worried about the Suns. It is no, – it does not. suck because, you know, I do love having to have a booker on the court. It's definitely a lot more secure feeling yeah. to have him on the court. If he was on the court last night, I think they probably win. I do. I think the Suns win. Um, it's just the last five minutes, seven minutes – the Pelicans were hitting literally everything. Anytime the Suns made it super close, the Pelicans would just hit like a couple threes right in a row. Which shows, you know, because they're a young team. It made, they looked like a veteran team, honestly, which is a credit to them, you know, for making all those big time credit, shots. Yeah. I think you can give credit to Jim McCollum. I think he really changed that course that's, there. That, yeah, that veteran presence. I think that's what kind of helped them turn the table. And, I mean – you might have thought, why would they really do that? You know, because it's like they didn't look like – it's crazy. They still have like Zion, who hasn't played at all. Like, I wonder where this team could go. But, yeah, TJ McCollum – I mean, because the Pelicans with this team, obviously, I don't think they're being the Suns. You don't either. But we'll see what where they can go in the future. So, this is, a, this is a good, like, start to building something, getting – as a young team, like getting a game against the one seed and – and yeah, also. to me, if anything, it's probably going to go six, if I'm going to be honest. If I think it's five. Six. I don't think it'll go six. I think the Suns I think it's five. Good. I do think the Suns win both in New Orleans and then come back home and win. I do. That's just um, yeah. Because they're just, they're just too good. I mean, that's the thing. Chris Paul, veteran. Uh, they're just going to – I think – I don't have any uh, panic. So like that. Yeah, and to me, like I've said all year long, I don't know who's going to beat the Suns four times out of seven. Like, I don't know. It'll be uh... the only thing that sucks for me is like Willie Green was an assistant for Monty Williams, so you kind of know kind of all those sets that they do. Um, so it's a little bit like a chess the, game between those two. The Monty so, Williams coaching tree, man, it's pretty successful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and he looks. Really, I love Willie Green. I thought he's a good coach. 
and just from just watching him the cross and stuff, still love him. Even though he's again, even though he's on the Pelicans, I still I still root for him. You know. Yeah, I I yeah, I'm hoping that the yeah I hope the Pelicans can take a little bit of a turn in the next couple of years. So we'll see though. It, it does make it a little more interesting, I will say, compared to what we thought was going to be a sweep, definitely. So mm-hmm. yeah, I that that's gonna wrap it up, right? That's all we got. It is. That's all we got. All right, yeah. We will be back yep. for an episode on Monday. Yes. And Charles gets yes. a ticket. So we'll yes, see and, what the topics are. And also, if you didn't check out our episode with our good friend, Matt, who co-hosted with us, Matt Little, we talked all about the NFL and there's a little bit of trash talk. It was like an hour and a half, a long podcast, but it was super fun. So make sure to go check that out. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple, YouTube of all of our other episodes we have done. And we also oh. have an Instagram. Go follow us there. What's up? What do you guys say? Also, <laughs> just want to say thank you to everyone who has watched the Connor Mance oh, video. Yeah. Um, for some reason this week, it's decided to kind of blow up a little bit, at least for us, it's, blow up anyways. It's been so about, a, about a, like a two-week span. It's gone from, for us, average views is about seven. And this video has 406, I think, last I checked. So 400 more than average. So I know yeah, all so, of you guys probably aren't normal listeners, but still thank you for, for checking it out. That means a lot. Yes, so, it does. We appreciate it, yeah. and we thank you all. Well, no notes. It's signing off. We'll see you Monday. I, I don't know what I'm going to pick yet, but i got some thinking to do. We'll see, we'll see how, what happens in these playoff series. So, yeah. All right. See you guys. Peace.